Actually, let me uh, kick it off first. I'll call the meeting to order tonight here. Leah Brown here. Leah Brown here. Uh, we are, it's the policy subcommittee meeting. Let me make sure I have the right information in front of me. We are going to focus today on um, section G and section H, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think, Jim, you shared those. Yeah. And um, and then we'll also look at look at schedule. I mean, I, I can pull it up. Maybe do we want to look at that one more time. Are we good in terms of um, what I just talked to at high level <clears throat> today? We're going to try to focus on G and H, and um, we've scheduled out all the way through the end of December. Uh, section I in two weeks, the twenty seventh. Section J on the 3rd of November, and then K on December 1, and L on December 1. And I think one comment um, for Michael and Jeff, I think especially uh, what Jim said before for Section I and J, definitely highly recommend you guys review those mm -hmm. um, in advance mm -hmm. of our meeting. Um, I already said it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, <clears throat> the one thing that I, I've said, and, and um, Part of the reason why I've kind of held off on voting on A and B, I do want to have almost like a formal check process that once um, you know we've taken Jim's revisions and we you know at least we we Leo and I are saying we think we're good with it. You guys are also checking to it one more time, sure. Um, just because little things might fall through the cracks, and we obviously would rather discover that before. So, um, and I, my hope uh, with Andrea is. Andre, Andre and I are working on that schedule. I think it's looking a lot better. Um, I started color coding it last week. And I think the only thing we want to do is begin to publish that in our regular meetings and just have to take out acronyms and things like that. So um, I don't quite have that done. So with that exciting intro, um, I think Mr. Hardy, you want to try to share a screen? Yeah, I said, do you want to share oh. a screen? Mm -hmm. Did you send the link? Uh, yeah, let me send the link. I'm sorry, I thought you were in. It's in the um hold on. Tim, are you gonna put it on the on the uh, zoom or are you put it up on the screen up there? I, ideally both. I don't know if um okay if we can get the last time we had struggled with this brain trouble with uh so and uh let's see, I just got it out of the agenda center, so let's say. Jim, do you want me to um, email it? Yes, please. Yeah, I'm so, I knew there was one thing I didn't do. Well, the calendar invites go with my Gmail account, so. So uh, I'm gonna put that now. Okay, is that the problem? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is going to your MA. Do you want this to be your MASC account or which one? Yeah. Is yeah. Okay, good, yeah. Do you want to mirror to the? You can see an opportunity. Do you want to mirror on your device there? Um, uh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you should get it. Mm -hmm. 
And the only person there is a little bit of time notes. Uh, oh, and I have to name what number, but I have to have uh, Oh, go to the little um, up here. Go here. Your computer, that background sign, we're trying to do it. Uh, to the right. You didn't have it last time. It's the Mary. Yeah. Shattering off. And then just put, uh, yeah, shattering off. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. Do you get it? Uh, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, this. Oh, sorry, I just bumped it. If you want a mirror, no, I just I hit it by accident. I could take. Uh, I almost grab it put that on this, so I can take another mirror on this, so I can take this. Uh, how do I stop doing that? I don't know, I could probably steal it back. Yeah, let's see if you can steal it back. Share screen option. These were all the technical texts that I usually yes, you know, James? Yeah. Okay. Let me launch it. Then Tim, if you want to go back to your screen mirroring, click on that again. You should be able to read. That was 15 minutes. Like, yeah. yeah, it was my fault. I, I really, the intention was to get here and then I picked up a call. We are now rolling. I think, Leo, you said you have a, you, I think we were going to try to wrap, do this, finish by 10 30. Yeah, I have a, of course, I have a meeting in Milton. So. Ready? Yes. Okay. Which policy have filed GA? Um, the only uh, recommended change we're making here is in the legal reference because it is more than simply paragraph 3789 um, in, in 2608. We just basically reference the entire section of 26.0. Right. Next up, GBA. There's an updated version of this because we, when we updated the non discrimination policy, we highlighted the, um, the expanded definition of race. I just have to copy it into here, which includes the um, Protected hairstyles, actual mm -hmm. hairstyles. Okay. 
uh, GBD school committee staff communications. Um, for some reason, Medfield has this in both places, uh, both in G and B, which kind of makes sense to me because it's staff school committee communications. But um, we just don't we don't put it in. We only put it in one place now that all the manuals are going online. There's really no reason to have it in all places. Mm -hmm. To you. Other than that, I don't have any recommended changes to that. Nothing yet, both places. It's as it rolled and trying to declutter, you know, yeah. simplify. You're not eliminating the policy, it's just you're keeping it in one place rather than two. Yeah. Right. I support. Staff ethics of conflict of interest is an updated version of this to comply with the state ethics commission uh, about new employees and then everything is thereafter about having to complete the uh, online ethics test. The highlighted paragraph right there. I think one of the one of the things that they've done now, at least in in with the town clerk is the state has developed a database so that it gets uploaded to that. So I don't know if we should change that where it says something where instead of giving a copy to the clerk, the town clerk and the superintendent's office um, or um, something about the, the statewide database. I don't know if that makes any sense or. Yeah, I would still recommend they, they present a hard copy okay. and then you can use the database and you have a hard copy you can put in the personnel file. Okay. Um, the database is new. Right. And I'm not sure how the data is. Okay. Give it four or five years and then maybe sure. you can say, all right, we, we've been in the system for five years now and it hasn't been any problems. Okay. Because I had to do it and I did it last August. Yeah. And it's still not in the online database. Oh. Good hard copy then. Yeah. Uh, next up, staff conflict, excuse me, staff conduct. Um, again, just making some of the changes we talked about before about <laughs> school system, school district, um, uh, district regulations to district procedures. And, um, the opening paragraph's been reworded a little bit. It is highlighted here below. Um, so that's a little bit different than what's, again, the change from regulations. But just updating the language to more modern approach. That's given a consistent theme. Uh, gifts to solicitations by staff has also been updated based off of uh, regulations issued by the uh, Ethics Commission mm -hmm. on gifts to staff, class gifts. And solicitations. Has that changed? Yeah, well, it's it's more it's formalized now in that there's actual procedures for I specifically written for teachers. 
when it comes to gifts, gifts from students, um, class gifts, so forth. I just want to point out that you're not the enforcing agency for this. It's just not your, you don't have to go in and that's kind of give it. Like uh, but if a teacher accepts a gift from one of the $50, then someone complains. Yeah. It's up to the, you know, it's the teacher. Um, I think one of the questions in the ethics test is related to this. And it's like if you receive a gift of a food basket that's more than $15 of value, how can you mitigate that? Yeah. And then the, so the answer is bring it to the teacher's room and share it amongst your colleagues. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that value is cut by right. the number of people who participate. So who had access to it. Right. So if it's a $500 basket and 20 people participate, you offset the cost. Mm -hmm. It's a $500 basket that somebody has a really generous. <laughs> well, I just use that as a yeah, no, it's perfect because, example that helps. Because the numbers work <laughs> easy in my head. <laughs> all right. Um, and again, this is all specified in uh, the CMRs, the regulations issued by the um, state, the Ethics Commission. Next one up is uh, a new one to you. Uh, it's uh, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing, um, online fundraising and solicitations. Um, there's prohibitions against public employees using public services to do stuff like this. So. That's like using public computers, those kinds of things, right? yeah. email addresses. Yeah. yeah. And accessing database, like any person wouldn't have access to it. Okay. So if you were going to send something out to all your students using a public school district's information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one up is uh, drug free workplace policy. Um, the only suggestion we have is updating the cross-references because the Drug-Free Workplace Act of 1988 um, doesn't really give you the reference, whereas these two cross-references do. Next up is uh, tobacco on school, tobacco use on school property by staff members, and again, can keep it consistently with the Previous policy in section A, I'm going to the fact stating it is prohibited in the title, but then expanding the definition of cigarettes to include um, cigars, tobacco, pipe tobacco, chewing tobacco, electronic cigarettes. So that was the big question mark. So all that stuff. School facilities, school buildings, school grounds, school buses, school sponsored event by any individual. That's great. So if your junior prom is at some function hall, mm -hmm. that became a no smoking facility for right. that time of that event. And is that you're saying that was we were updating something on this one? Well, it's it's one, it's changing the, the, the language of the title to make it clear that you know, your title was tobacco use on school property by staff members, which implies there's ways of doing it. 
whereas staying is prohibited, makes it very clear that it's prohibited. But then we expanded the definition of tobacco, which the Department of Public Health also did, which allowed us to do that, to include vape, sterilization, some all the other right. And there's another one of these in the student section coming up in section J that talks about use on school property by students and it just basically refers to the handbook for disciplinary action where this would be referred to the immediate supervisor. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Staff personal security and safety. This is part of the safe school program. This would be a new policy to you. Both the language that I found still has requirements for TV tests, and which has gone away. Adding the reference to the municipal's employee assistance program. Not hearing any. Uh, domestic violence leave policy. This is also a new policy for you. Um, it is required. It's important to note that it's up to the school committee to decide if this leave is paid leave or unpaid leave. It's written that it's unpaid, mm -hmm. but if the committee decided to do so, they could make it paid leave. So if we have someone that has documentation now, and they go to the superintendent for a leave. He or she would have to bring it to the school committee to see if it was. A yeah, but that would be an executive session either because it's. No, no, of course. So I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah, it's the employer of record, which is the school committee. That would have to make that decision on this. Right. That's a case by case. Mm -hmm. So I could grant the leave as superintendent, but whether or not it's paid would be determined by the school committee right. so that there isn't a lag time for the actual right. leave. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. What is, like, is there similar reasons you grant paid leave or you, and my assumption is you don't have to. Well, with maternity leaves and things like that, we it's automatic. Is paid for the most part. Yeah. Does the violence leave fall under the Family Leave Act? If yeah, we leave, that may yeah, be all that. paid or unpaid. Yeah. And, and I'm just wondering if that's it, and this is a new policy to us. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, is there any, would we want the default to be opposite? Or, you know, is any such one? I mean, if it was up to me, I would want the default to be paid. Yeah. But if that's not what MASC is recommending, then it's yeah. Well, because if the committee wants to make it paid, we've just changed the language. It's I don't want to put a restriction or a requirement on them. They have to make that decision. Honestly, I, I I think it's just make it paid. <laughs> I'll even bring it back to the committee. Yeah. So if we do that, I just want to mark it. Like I, I'd be yeah. curious, but to, to me, it sounds like it's something that you may inadvertently not do. And to me, it seems natural that you would, we would right. want that to be paid. So I why would, create a step that now you're doing something that's outside right. our policy and it was because of an administrative error. Hey, you know what? We 
we didn't catch it. So um, that's one, and even Andre, as we worked on the notes, let's flag it to make sure we're just, you know, just say it, we're going, um, we're choosing this, even though the, rec the MASC policy says the default is unpaid. Right. So it's up to 15 days? That's the, yeah, that's the law. And that's it. They have to exhaust all their other yeah. okay. leave first. Okay. So, for example, mm -hmm. someone has to go to court. Right. And, and they've used up all their other time. Used up all their yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, my default always if someone's going through this anyway. That's what I'm saying. Why are you going to ding them and not pay them? Like that right. doesn't, you know, they get enough on their plate. They have to worry about the financial. Right. Right. Yeah, I would default it to pay. Okay. But I just added, the school committee has determined that a domestic leave approved by the superintendent shall be paid. If the committee approves that, then that's all that's necessary. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think it's our same exposure of, of things that we don't. I'm, I'm not doing it's just like, why do we want it? And it's just that much more to bring into it. Uh, family and medical leave. This is really all you need right here. All the details or the specifics are on your employee posters that are right. on the federal postal list that every school gets an updated reading of. So the attachment that follows this. Yeah, but it's also in your car fix. Yeah. The detail. Yeah. So. So the uh, dash E that follows this, all this can come out of your policy manual. This is all the information that's on those employee posters. And if you wanted to keep it, I'd have to go back and update it because this is out of date based off of some changes. This took out some pages. <laughs> Um, staff participation in political activities. The only thing we're going to do here is change system in district. Right. So just a couple of tweaks to the existing policy. Excuse me, personnel records. Again, this is just going to be the district. System to district and the corn uh, onions. Yeah. 
Uh, GBK staff complaints and grievances. Uh, we have no recommended changes to this. Our two policies are identical. And the contracts will really drive that, right? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have the procedures and all the contracts. Right, but we, we also recognize that there are some employees who don't have collective bargaining rights right. and they're under individual employment contracts, so we may have. Uh, professional staff positions, again, just the one change here, school system, the school district. Other changes. Uh, professional staff salary schedules. The under principles, um, the term merit increases, we believe is supposed to just be for today. Salary increases, not mm -hmm. merit increases. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, you know, even prior to me arriving here, um, this hasn't been the procedure that the district has used around that. They have always had a management reserve account in the budget that the school committee approves, and the superintendent determines increases based on the approval of the management reserve. So I don't know how that fits in or. Okay. Um... Would it be like, can you put that four principles using the merit reserve account? Or would that be so the main reserve account is in the budget, and that's that's the that's a set amount each budget season for all non-union employees. Say no. I'm, I really have to wordsmith. Um, notwithstanding above, the superintendent may use, uh, you know, like may use the funds or we build these every year. Do we build them? You built the line here. You built the line on our year. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's the, the difference is that. Well, I mean, it's, it's it, says you, it says that, you know, to bring back support for the recommendations, we never do that. No, it's just on the budget. Do you call it management reserve? Management reserve, yes. So levels of compensation really is the management reserve account that you guys vote on in my interpretation, but I'm not sure that's the 
So do we have to put somewhere in there that if that's for <clears throat> non-union? Well, it's under the category of principals. Then we can actually make it principals, administrators, we would apply them all, right? All yeah. non-union. All non-union. I don't know if you can see what I wrote. So, um, full committee with the advice of superintendent will establish a management reserve line item within the school district budget to be used by the superintendent for several year adjustments each fiscal year. And since it's under principles and ministries, I need your personnel to apply to all. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of process. Okay. Well, that's why you're here, right. to make sure we follow what the district process is. Okay, um, employment of principals. Um, the um, only difference really is that the what we've inserted as the third paragraph is that the length of second and subsequent contracts of employment principles shall be in accordance with state. Like we could spell it out in the details, but it's just that the second contract has to be at least three years in length, unless both parties agree to a shorter time, it can be up to five years. Right. And citing your legal reference. So when this is online, you can actually click on the reference and bring up the statute language. That's why we don't feel the need to spell it all out here. Right. Uh, professional staff supplementary pay plans. Um, this is basically the um, Coaches, class advisors, faculty advisors, to school student clubs. Um, it needs to be said somewhere, and I don't know if it's in your contract or not, um, that these assignments are for one year. They're one year appointments. They're yeah. one year appointments. I mean, I think it couldn't hurt to put it in a policy to, to reinforce that. Yeah. That's. But in the look at the top of the third paragraph, teacher was offered and undertakes a supplementary pay. So will receive a supplementary contract specifying the pay duration and terms. Okay. So this is how much it's going to be. This is what it's for, and this is when it expires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just like the appointment letter. Right. Yeah. Because I can say that. 
it's not necessarily a contract. This is it. You've been appointed to this position. This is what you're going to pay. This is how long it's for. So we got some, so some districts where coaches assume they have professional status because they've been there three years. So that last line, the amount of compensation for the position will be established by the committee at the time the position is created. That's what we we just did with that the salary schedules uh, right. for all. But we just did that in the contract a couple of years ago. So. And that's where it's created. It's yeah. time. Okay. Um, professional staff vacations and holidays. I don't believe you need this. Um, with union personnel, all that stuff spelled on a contract. And in most cases, people on individual contracts have it spelled out in their individual contract as well. So. It's redundant. We're sure it's yeah, I think the individual contracts all say that um, holidays recommended by the committee, uh, excuse me, recognized by the committee will also be for that person. So it's the it deeper down. Staff including posting the vacancies again, it's just the updated language as far as school district. And, uh, professional staff hiring, this is, uh, there's two versions of this. Um, the big difference is the expanded non-discrimination. So I just had a question on this one. Yeah. Um, in our current policy, it says no position may be created without the approval of the school committee. Um, I think that's just not realistic operationally. We have special education positions that need to be added immediately, and we, we do that. But is it a, is it a, are you adding an FTE or are you creating a whole new position that didn't exist before? FTE. That's different. Okay. This is talking about well we. The reference here is that you're creating a new position that doesn't exist in a whole new job description. Got it. Okay. That's creating a professional position. Okay. Adding FTEs is budget. Got it. It's a budget discussion. That satisfies my question on that. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Part time substitute professional staff employment. Um, are substitutes hired through the school or centrally? They're hired through a central office. Interviewed by this at the school level, recommended by the central office. Okay. Yeah. All right, so periodically they or they just fix it. I just the last line or the last paragraph on that policy. School committee will set a daily rate to pay substitute teachers, including extended term substitutes. So we assume that's long term subs. 
a lottery will be granted such additional benefits as approved by the school committee. So we don't get health insurance or benefits for okay. um, long-term subs. That not is not been a practice for this. Just so you know, this is an existing policy in my field. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know. Okay. Usually, if you if you do, it's part of a collective bargaining agreement to teach association too. Yeah. So the only part that it's an collective bargaining agreement that we've talked about is the fact that um, if they are. A bachelor is they're paid on bachelor step one. Yeah. If they're masters and masters step two, they don't get a daily rate. Okay. So that's what we have to do. Not in the contract. And long term sub is anyone over a certain time period. So if it's a year and it's different than someone that's right. there for four or five weeks. I'm okay with the that policy. Uh, well, philosophy of staff development um, and just school district school system the school district here. Uh, professional teacher status. Um, the difference between the MAC policy and the Medfield policy is the first sentence of yours. Um, <clears throat> we don't have. So is that... Do you not have the other professional employees in the MSC one? Or do you just? We just don't have the whole first sentence. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, if we keep that first sentence in there, I think you might want to add um, teachers. Um, maybe licensed teachers and certain other licensed professional employees. I know the clock doesn't start. They don't have their, if they're on a waiver, the clock doesn't start for ATS. Right, correct. So I want to make sure that, that that's clear. If, if you guys want to keep that in there, we should clarify that initial sentence. It makes sense. Okay. These are areas where you find your guys are here. Also, I mean, part time for years and stuff. That's really that's really. Yeah. So, and I, I was just more. The, the reason MASC may not choose to have it, Medfield does. It's an extra, effectively an extra. Um, what's the word? Is layer. It's an extra requirement that we have, which is a minus. But I think you know it clarifies it because there are definitely people that we don't characterize. They might fall under the teacher's contract, but you'll refer to them as teachers. Right. So it would just protect them as well, so they have that. I mean, I think it's fair to those folks. That is um, 
Is June 15th your date? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, some districts have an earlier date. No, we're good. Good. Um, this one, um, I actually believe that this is covered in your collective bargaining agreement as far as assignments and transfers. Yes. Um, and I, I always worry about having policy language in any area of contract language because yeah. the contract's going to supersede policy anyway. Right. So I just basically always defer to the contract. So I would suggest you take this out. Let the contract speak for itself. Same with uh, the time schedules. Mm -hmm. Evaluation of professional staff. Um, this is okay. It meets up with the, uh, the CMR. This rest of this needs to go away. That's pretty, I mean, that's explicit in our contract too. Right. The whole process. That's that's good. Well, the this dash R language actually comes from the old evaluation process. So all this R1, R2 came out. Again, in uh, referring to contract reduction in force language. Yeah. And that's, this is coming out because it's in the contract. It's all covered in contract. The contract would override your policy anyway. But the dilemma will be is if you have different language in two places. Right. So if if the contract's going to be the rule, let it be the rule. Yeah. Like, um, resignation. So, Jim, you're saying the reduction force to take that up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. So we have contract language for this as well. Yeah. Especially um, requirements to uh, pay the district back for certain things. Okay. I'm not. I'm just not sure what the we have. We have thirty days. I don't know what our contract says for the days. I have to look at that. Fine. If yeah, whatever's in the contract would be rule anyway. Um, I think it's high for us to, to hold people to a 30 day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can have it there as a target, but yeah. what are you going to do if they leave? I know. I know. Now, retirement, this is just updating this, the, the school committee as, as in some part of it, it's also a budgetary. Right. Consideration. Sure. 
does not require them to take any action other than just hammer. Yeah. So can I just ask a clarifying question on that? Sure. Um, to meet the requirement, can we can we say the number of retirements versus the names? I know some people are really private about that. Yeah, no, it'd just be, you know, and then yeah. if if a follow-up question comes up, it'd be, you know, where are they on the salary scale? Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, as far as it, you know, individual names, no, but okay. I just want to be clear like, about that. Just, if you have 10 teachers retiring more on the top step of oh, yeah. one of the categories, that might have a budget consideration mm -hmm. going forward the following year if the replacements are going to come in a little lower. So, so, so we provide that information there the budget season for the anticipated retirement. Yeah, that's exactly what we and that's why it's because it, there's, there's a budget implication and anything budget related they should be for you. Yeah, I just want to be clear that we don't say the name. So that's what yeah. something coming from that. Um, suspension, dismissal of professional staff members. Um, here, it's just making sure that there's a system in place that eyes and dotted T's across. Uh, two, three, four, second version of this. This is read. This was redone by the um, with input from the FX Commission. Is they actually created a uh, FAQ for tutoring. Um, this is bunch of come out for bunch. So again, let's let's talk about tutoring. The definition is that the teachers being paid not by the Medfield Public School System, but either by the parent or some third party. Yeah. So that's why it's right up front, that definition. Okay. Okay. So um, if your child's in fifth grade struggling with math, your child's current teacher, you can't pay that person. Correct. To tutor your child, you could pay a different teacher that doesn't have your child to do that. Um, what some people have done, what some districts have done, is set it up so that the parent pays the district, and the district pays the teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the, that way, the money's coming from their employer, um, and the it's kind of like. Must be, you know, I mean, yeah. if you wanted to set up tutoring and you want your child's teacher to tutor, this, that's a way around That's one way around it. So the only time that we will do this is a medical, you know, some way right. with the district. Does but then it. they're not paying the person anyway, because if it's if they're homebound instruction, you're providing the instruction. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Can you, just, can you keep it up for a second? Sure. Please. Um, take a minute. I just fully got to get the whole page in. Okay. 
Well, and the other thing they can't do is if they are tutoring for private, they can't do it in a school building right. or in a public library. They can't do it in a public building. They can't do it. Oh, not in a public building. Oh, it's, it's running a private business in a public building. Yeah. Now, if they go in and they do a building use form and mm -hmm. pay a rental fee, that's fine. Well, what is it saying in no public building? Uh, I, I think we should. It says it. Well, it says class. This is class. Um, tutoring for pay is not to be done in the school building. The very last line. For a school building, but public building is like the library. Yeah, I know that it happens in a library. That's the library's problem. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's fine. So you want to say school building, maybe because school building. That's why I say that's what because that's what you govern. So right. Yeah, I don't need anything else. So um the teacher may not tutor students who are currently in their class, even if the teacher does not recommend the current student receive private tutoring, the teacher, can we say, cannot, will not, should, seems a little wishy-washy to me. The only problem is, I guess, the enforcement piece, but should not tutor the current students. I mean, I think, be more definitive in that language. I'm only, this is, I mean, I met, I met with the, the union. Well, we say a that. teacher may not choose students who are in their current class. Though we should say the same way, the teacher cannot tutor current students. Yeah, I just think instead of should. So I have a question. So if there's a student that's in the eighth grade, mm -hmm. and high school teachers tutoring that student, right? Because that's allowed. Yeah. And then that high school teacher gets that student. <clears throat> Can't continue to. Correct. So that's. that's that, student, as soon as they become. So that's the issue, right? So that yeah. is. So um, both the high school and middle school um, principals and department chairs had this conversation as recently as last week, where someone could be tut tutoring someone in a younger grade that may eventually be that person's teacher, mm -hmm. which. The department has brought it to us. We didn't even, you know, they brought it to us because they had a concern about it. So we just really got to be clear about how this. Well, it's not a conflict until until it becomes signed right. to that teacher. Right. That's when you can't do it for paying. And at that point, they, I mean, it, theoretically, there's three or four, you know, there's a few that may tutor, and then that's just part of their process. The problem is we don't know. We, we, we don't, we don't, we don't do a tutoring list. This is all done outside. Yeah. So if, if Johnny's assigned to teacher A in ninth grade and teacher A has been tutoring Johnny for four years, we don't know that, you know, so it's going to be hard to, and that was the concern. In that situation, the worst case scenario is they now have the teacher who was tutoring them, mm -hmm. right? They may wind up having to see the teacher for extra help and they can seek a tutor that's somebody else. So the downside for the kid is the transition of the tutor as long as that happens, yes, correct. That it's, it's yeah, like, but and and it's, I think you're saying they're bringing it forward to you. The teachers know they can't continue to tutor. I think, I think the department chairs brought it to the principals who then brought it to the union and me because they were concerned that, that what you just described might not be happening. Understood, yeah. It, and it to me, though, like, I, 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 I wish the hat that you have is best of the kid is all right. They, the most disruptive thing would be 
they lose the tutor they've had for four years, but they that, that tutor just became a teacher. Correct. But, but the point is that once that becomes a teacher, then that person has to stop tutoring. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? And it's just the supervision of that, which the department heads are just concerned about. But I think if we get something in writing, we give it to everyone and it's very clear. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm deferring to you on, on just about all of it. But to me, I don't see, like, yeah, that's the rule. And that, that seems obvious. It does. It, and it We're does. Talking like about it, academics, the reality of this is goes to, you know, music lessons, instrumental yes. music lessons that are always conducted in the school building. Um, that it's like, there's a whole bunch of other right. things that go with that. Uh, voice lessons. Um, if a coach is tutoring uh, athletes, well, well, then I'd circle back and I'd say, what's, what's the current policy? Is it, is it broken? I mean, I would say there's, there's after school tutoring lessons for music that people have paid for for years, I think. Yeah. And that's just part of the culture, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know. I have to look to see. I talked. I'd have to talk to our music person to see whether or not um, that that medfield teach because there's other teachers, not just medfield teachers that do that. Yeah. If medfield teachers are giving lessons to their students after school, I don't know about that. Um, that's been, I mean, forever. Yeah. But then that goes into the running of private business. And um, I think it's well. I no, think the no, music no. association. Does the work on that too? Um, we have to we have to take a look at it. Well, again, you know, who pays the teacher? So right is now, the, does the parent yeah. write a check to the music association? The music association pays it. It's going to... it, 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 all, it all goes yeah. back to the definition. Right. Does it who's paying? Uh, so I think that's right. Does it it does it yeah. So that's it's like a an activity. Yeah, so we yeah, it. like a, that's different because yeah. the employer yeah. is paying. It's like a stipend position. Right. Yeah. Well, we we changed that, right? We changed. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like that. But we yeah. changed that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's fine. Okay. No, that's fine. You're doing it right. Good. Good. All right. Good. That was not the way it was happening. Yeah. Next one up, uh, you switch switch from um, professional staff to support staff. That's the GC to GD codes. Just so you have a sense of where we are. Oops. Didn't spell today. Um, with this one, again, is just simply the only recommendation is to switch from system to district. No other recommendations for this. And again, much like the professional staff, all new positions. That you didn't have before mm -hmm. would be created by the school committee from the school committee. Uh, support staff contracts and compensation plans. I have no recommended changes to the. Oh, I do actually. No. Um, oh, the overtime language. Division of Labor Relations thing a couple of districts for not having language regarding overtime, even though it's spelled out in the contract. Yeah. But not everybody who's an hourly employee is under like a buyer agreement. Yeah. 
uh, support staff supplementary pay plans. Again, this is usually spelled out in the union contracts for those that get this. Um, and even in the uh, same thing with fringe benefits or it's either the contract or their individual employment contract. Same thing with leaves of absences, much like the professional staff one. Same thing with vacations and holidays. Can we go back to the um, support staff supplementary pay plans? Um, So are you looking at getting rid of that? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, just want to yeah. that's all defined then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh vacation and holidays, same thing. Recruiting, posting of vacancies. Um, interesting this so, Recruiting, posting of vacancies, and then supports that hiring. I think each one's okay. You do probation for support staff? Only if it's defined in the contract. Okay, take this out. This is each support staff employee will serve a probationary period for six months in any position. So, cafeterias. So that, that applies to anybody who doesn't have a professional license. Okay. We do the acting custodian secretaries at home. Um, like partially that one in there. Huh? Leave it in. I think we should leave it in there. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty clearly defined for us. Diamonds and transfers. Be straightforward. Mm -hmm. Time schedules. 
Oh, and Jim, when you <coughs> sometimes forget when you delete source Medfield, saying this is just visiting model policy, and this is anyway because he's putting in change. Well, it's just that I'm making edits so that when I create the final version, the source line all disappears because when you adopt it, it's all yours anyway. Okay, it doesn't really matter that I came from us and you. And over time, like as we would bring in things from MAS2, that's what we would put. Well, you initially, but then once you adopt it, it's yours. And you yeah, the so I get it. And then yeah, once yeah. you have that nice, pristine document yeah, yeah. with everything, and right. we bring in when we adopt, we would say source, such and such. Uh, GDO evaluation of support staff. LA. I'm not sure there's two versions of this, but I get a kick out of attitude towards students, mm -hmm. attitude toward public education, mm -hmm. attitude towards who supervises teachers and fellow employees. Interesting. And then there's a second version that's actually covered major areas or employees' responsibilities and job description, the formative basis, which they'll be evaluated and advanced the evaluation. So um, what if we have that in the collective bargaining or we're working towards that in collective bargaining? Then you wouldn't need it here. I would definitely not use the current I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I don't love it. Well, it's just like, and you just again, you know, we go back to the old ways of doing superintendent evaluations where, it would, you know, Communicates well with staff how you measure it. You right. can never determine anywhere what what the expectation is. So you have, huh? you have a recommendation for that one? Yeah, this one right here. And just basically the evaluation will cover the major areas or employees' responsibilities in the job description. It's like mm -hmm. being evaluated on what you're expected to do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's yeah, it's by design a little more gray. Yeah. Otherwise you're putting Specificity and something you can't measure. Well, I mean, I mean, evaluating a food service worker would be different criteria than evaluating a custodian or evaluating an administrative assistant. Right. Sure. And that'll be based on their job descriptions. It's actually more avoid. Uh, support staff promotions. Recommendations for this. We have to get the parties The contracts state that teachers are the same labor. Do you see it in our policies? Yeah. Yeah, the only ones that don't is if um, parts of their support staff are uh, civil service, like if the custodial staff. There, there are some cities where the custodial staff are civil service positions, and that's all based on seniority. Because I was saying the same language is in the contracts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you want to say, Kim? Uh, retirement. It is Norfolk County, right? It is yes. Norfolk County. Yeah. Let me show it. 
<clears throat> uh, suspension and dismissal. So I would just go back to this one again. Which one? And we just the retirement one. This yeah. one says the superintendent will present to the committee the names of some uh, of stuff. Yeah, it should be. So we do do that at the end of the year. We recognize them, but I still would rather not have the names. Just for privacy for people. We do have people in California we recognize. Mm -hmm. Suspension, dismissal, support staff. Two weeks is I say the two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two weeks is you see that everywhere. Two weeks, standard. yeah, but it's usually a check. Yeah, there's two weeks a day, right? Pretty easy, yeah. Depends on the situation, it does, it absolutely depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. And again, this is yeah, suspension, dismissal, different than reduction of force, yeah, right. I think ours has one extra paragraph in the event of failure to perform as required. The superintendent may immediately suspend attorney and upon the language. Yeah, that should be yeah, that's good. That is section G. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just saying that they are actually paid through a district revolving account. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. 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 We, we changed that eight years ago. Right? Yeah. It wasn't paid. Right. So it was somebody was backing you up. Yeah. All right. Uh, dive into H. I would say we're we're all here. Keep going. Oh yeah, it's only four left. It's only four pages. Yeah, yeah actually, I remember when I looked this morning, I was like, okay, eight one was very simple. G was the big one. Yeah, yeah I was. When well, I first I and J are the big ones. Uh, well, yeah, we have that. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird because when I looked this morning, I for whatever reason I looked at them backwards, and I was like, maybe I looked wrong. Yeah, Lee, you get four more pages. Yeah, yeah. Well, just think after H, you're two thirds of the way through. Come on, after yesterday, I haven't. Just started. Okay. We haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> okay. HA, no suggested changes to that. We'll see. And again, this is all um, negotiations. Okay. Can you just put it up on the screen? 
Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not. Oh, but they can. We're still, still showing. Still sharing. Sorry. No, that's okay. I changed it on my laptop, but not on a screen share. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, HA. Um, again, these are all policies related to negotiations. Okay. Okay. So uh, no changes, recommendations for HA. Uh, or HB. Um, the only the only thing here um, is that negotiations between the school committee and recognized employee groups are conducted subject to Chapter One Fifty of the National Law. That's correct. The legal status of negotiations is defined in Part Five, Section Two of that chapter, which really talks about the employee's rights to organize. That is section two. It really should be citing section one that talks about how the school committee is the employer rector. Okay. So my suggestion would be that we change this to section one and then copy in the language from 150E section one that talks about the school committee as the uh, employer record for the purposes of collective bargaining. Can we hyperlink that instead of? Well, it actually will be. If you look at the legal reference, it talks about section one. Yeah. So, so we just hyperlink that. Yeah, but I think in, in here, um, it's beneficial here just because it's not going to change. Okay. Um, so, so, just so Tim, that part that, that we're going over now is that the current policy has section two in 150E. It and should Jim, be section yeah, one. Jim says it should be section one. Because this section two talks about the employee's right to organize, where section one talks about the school committee's authority to bargain on behalf of the school board. And that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to make a note to myself. Yeah, that sounds Uh, method of determining staff negotiation organizations. Um, it's this the horse is out of the bottom of this one already. I mean, it's, this would be like way back when. Uh, uh, this this really doesn't need to be here. They're already recognized and. Uh, negotiating school committee, negotiating agents. Um, this really kind of talks about the school committee's options when it comes to collective bargaining and what they can and cannot do. Um, basically, they can negotiate by themselves. They can designate the superintendent. They can hire legal counsel to do it. But in all those cases, the, the, the duties of that negotiator are specified in here, which are pretty standard mm -hmm. it can even be a hybrid that it's you can have legal counsel participate have a subcommittee of the school committee participate have the superintendent available as part of um, so we've used interest-based bargaining the last three contracts. 
um, where sub subcommittee of the school committee, um, Michael and I, yeah. and then you know the teachers, and then at the very end we have our attorney review it before we before the school committee ratifies it. Yeah, if it if it works for you, that's great. Yeah, it's usually a lot more a lot less animosity coming out of interest based bargaining than traditional. And it's a lot cheaper, for sure. Well, I mean that's a factor, but yeah. I think the just the the overall sense of accomplishment is higher. Absolutely. And there's less animosity throughout the whole process. It's worked well for us, that's for sure. He is early, right? Mm -hmm. You don't do it early. <laughs> and that is section H. I just want to, um, and just for my own memory on that, did we, was it a subcommittee or was it a, the way we did it? It was a, you guys, uh, I feel like that's two, two people. Yeah. No, but yeah, because at one point I think there was debate, we did that, or I just had it kind of like a role of roaming rep, and we thought, nice idea, but not really practical. So, yeah, I think we did that once. And, the consistency needed to be there as part of the negotiations yeah. so that didn't work out as well. Yeah, then I mean I was just looking at like the term in negotiator. We're not really we're, we're having a member of the school committee. So well, we've always done it in the business group. So we yeah. had a chair and, and the then was the negotiator. Yeah. 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 Okay. But there are plenty of districts and will tell you that the school committee and the superintendent yeah. sit there with their attorney. And the attorney goes back and forth. That's why I said it's still, I mean, kind of tongue in cheek about being cheaper, but I mean, some some districts are paying the 200 and something an hour to have the attorney sit with them to do that negotiations versus what we do, which is much more collaborative. And yeah, I understand. And I also understand how that, you know, once you've done it and that's the route you go, theoretically, both parties are thinking, well, the attorney, they gain benefits as well. Yeah. But it's not a, it's just to me, it just becomes a layer. Sure. Um, okay, I think we're um, covered on that. Let's just take a look at the schedule one more time. And uh, let me even share and we'll close it out. So um, this is the schedule we've been working on. And I think the only thing I've been, Andre, this is what I added last week, was just starting the color code, like each. So basically the merge documents are what we get from Jim. So we just did G and H. We had it scheduled for 10, 13. Um, this was, I think that's 10, 12. Yeah, we, we brought the informational for E and F into our school committee meeting last night so we would make that green because like we've you know we've kind of crossed that gate which big red would green I have I don't have that green scheduled for here and then we put this that would become yellow saying we would bring this forward for informational mm -hmm. so it's it basically becomes a staircase running yeah. right, the way Wait through so the one thing then we go first reading second reading I think the one thing I would ask like I, I'm very you know, you guys, we all made the right decision, making sure you were here for those, like section G. Um, I, I may just add a column 
before vote that just says one more set of eyes mm -hmm. where you guys actually just say, yeah, we, you know, either Michael or you, or maybe you want to marry in some instance, right? It just says a check off and say, yeah, we've mm -hmm. checked it as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that's, that's proceeding along the way. I would like that to become something we can just bring forward in our meetings. It's really hard. It won't be hard. Very, you know, we've been calling it V1, V2. That's code Mary or uh, Andrea and I have been using. Um, so we'll just clean that up and have that ready for November. That's great. The November meeting. And then, yeah, the next one, I think we would probably do as best we can with section I on the 27th. Um, it's right in front of Halloween, so the <laughs> costumes are required. Yeah. We got our spices there. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did uh, table the minutes. I just, because of all the travel, I didn't have time to do it. So we'll hopefully get these set up for this week and uh, yes. last in the last meeting next week. And um, was there any other, other comments? Otherwise, uh, motion no. to adjourn. So moved. Second, Tim. Uh, meeting. I uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. 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 Thank